On this episode of the Water Table Podcast, we're talking pipe perforations and sock fabrics. What is best for your soils and your farm? Well, welcome back to the Water Table Podcast. Uh, This fall, I've had kind of a break from doing some podcasts as uh, we recorded several of them at the Iowa Laika um, Summer Field Days and had some great guests there. I've uh, gotten a lot of good feedback about uh, what we did there, but it's fun to be back in the studio and uh, talking all things water management here on the agricultural side. And today I have Trey Ellis with us. Trey is application engineer for Princo, um, focusing a lot on the agricultural side of our business. And Trey and I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, size opening of perforated pipe, um, the agricultural pipe, and what's happening in our farm fields and in more sandy soils, things like that. Uh, welcome, Trey, back to the podcast. You've been a frequent guest and and hosted several times also, so thanks for joining me today. Yeah, I get to do it a little bit different this time here uh, virtually, but uh, always good to, to be on the podcast and and get to touch base with you too. Yeah, how, so Trey, you... Uh, you farm a little bit with your dad on the side, work with Princo. Maybe maybe in the last 60 days, it's been more like working with Princo on the side and farming with your dad. But um, but how was, how was your fall season? Uh, safe and you have a good uh, good harvest? Yeah, good thing we had about uh, three extra weeks of pretty good weather later on um, after a little bit of snow came through, I think, at the end of October. Um, but yeah, everything ended up pretty good and yeah, got... Uh, Got all the work done, got all the tillage done, finally put everything to bed here uh, this last weekend. So uh, another another safe, successful harvest and uh, yeah, good time out in the field. It was it was fun splitting duties between Princo and and work and then had drill a couple weekends in there. So there was a whole uh, whole array of different work to keep a guy busy for the fall. So so Trey, you know, one of the things I wanted to wanted to talk about today and get you on is you've been pretty close to uh the agricultural side of our business and the technical, um, the technical side of agricultural drainage and agricultural water management. Um, and recently we've seen some advertising and some explanations from some of the companies that make the filter sock uh, fabric um, around why use sock, when to use sock um, that has how do I want to say this? They, they've uh, monitored some studies that have been out there. They've um, suggested that we look into some studies. And uh, I think that this is all good intentions, but that some of this maybe was confusing. At least it was confusing to me. And that's why I wanted to bring it up around uh, when we should use a sock filter and when we shouldn't. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, that's it, based on uh, fairly recently in the last uh, handful of years, a study out of Michigan State that looked at essentially how easy it is for water to get into a pipe. And they tested all different um, perforation styles and the use of a sock filter, narrow slot, standard perfs, uh, different perforation patterns, how many per valley, stuff like that. Um, so one of the, the results that came from that was looking at how easy it is for water to um, to move through that sock filter and into the pipe. And that was one of the conclusions that they got to is within this small um, lab scale experiment of in, in pure sand is, is how they measured all of this stuff. Um, and that's what they found is 
that this, it was a lot easier for the water to get into um, into the pipe through the sock um, than it was for the other perforation patterns um, and perforation types. So um, that's just um, that scales out to how does that apply on the field, which we've been digging into here the last, uh, especially the last few months of you know what that actually means for how that affects your spacing or how to use that in different soil types, stuff like that, which we can get into. Um, but that's what kind of all of this revolves around is um, um, a really small part of a equation in um, in say lateral spacing uh, within a big field of how easy it is for that water to get into the pipe. They found sock was the easiest followed by um, I guess the most perforated so say like eight perforations per valley followed by uh, say four perforations per valley which is what we do um, at Prinsco for most of our egg pipe and then um, narrow slot and perf too that's all kind of um, all within the same similar study that they did. So they split it up between um, standard perf and narrow slot versus sock. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me, um, I think when I looked at that, and, and that's really where I wanted to, to go with this, is small scale, you mentioned that, um, very small scale study that was done in all sand. And the variables that are in the in the field in a, you know such a wide geographic area from you know central north central north dakota you know is where we sell product um, all the way to the canadian border and then you know going south to southern illinois southern indiana um, there's just soil types that are <laughs> it shifts from you know, a hundred yards in a field to to think that it's going to be the same across a thousand miles or whatever that is, is just unrealistic. And so the scale of the study is, I think, what um, maybe could be if, if we're just taking that as that's reality across the entire Midwest and, and the Corn Belt of, of the United States, then it, it probably isn't accurate. And uh, so I just want to talk, you know, have you talk about that a little bit. And then I got a couple more thoughts and questions. Yeah. Um, and that's what I would agree as well is it, there is a difference between, you know, how do you measure stuff or how do you, I guess, measure um, anything within science um, at a small scale. And then you look at maybe a plot scale and then you look at field scale and then maybe like watershed scale. Um, you know, you kind of have to have all of those synced up and you learn more, the more they scale out this stuff. So um the the this Michigan State study specifically, and they've been doing some other ones in the past as well, uh, some other similar sand take experiments. Um, yeah, was done very small scale to look at the very minute detail of like we we're talking about. We're talking about perforations, which is really small when you're talking about say 40, 50, 60, 80 foot spacing um, of laterals throughout 160 acres. Um, really small detail effect or scaled out when you look at all these equations that they're using in models. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't don't want to say it's inaccurate, but there's all sources of error. Um, the more that you do scale that out, so um, this is one of the one of the most thorough studies and um, you know most inclusive uh, for pipe manufacturers for perforation types. You know, the most broad information that we can get looking at this very niche topic. Um, so, which is really cool to dig into these details, but like you mentioned, it, it is kind of have to take it with um, with a grain of sand, say, um, of yeah, looking at lab scale versus how you're planning out your entire drainage system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that because I, you know, the intention of doing this podcast is not to call anyone out or to say 
um, results weren't accurate. Um, I I would love to see um, more testing being done on larger scales, and I just appreciate the fact that they're thinking about this and doing these kind of tests to try to find out uh, what the conclusion is. My concern and real reason for this podcast today was just not adding more confusion um, to to where we're at. As I see, um, you know, we have contractors, and that's really for listeners that are farmers and, and are wondering about this. Well, what do I do now? Um, I, you know, we got these uh, studies out there that are showing this, and maybe I'm hearing Jamie say something different. You know, my where I would go with that. My conclusion is. You know, talk to your drainage contractor. Talk to the people you trust that are local in your area. They know the soils in your area much better than than an industry or an, a university professional would um, several hundred miles away from you, whether it's in your own state or a different state. Um, those drainage contractors in your area have decades of experience. They know what's going on. Um, they're not going to steer you wrong because – um, you know, they don't want to come back and fix something that uh, isn't working properly either. So um, if you hear something that doesn't seem right, yeah, check it out. Talk to another person, um, just like anything else in life. When we hear something that, you know, doesn't isn't consistent, we should uh, we should probably ask some more questions. But, you know, that's really what I how I take these studies. It's great. We're doing them. It's great to learn more. Um, you know, I think we all in our, this industry is one of continuous learning, but uh, but we also want to take the information we have from those that have a lot of experience and uh, make sure we understand what they think of it too. So, yeah, and that's been something that's been kind of interesting for myself is trying to you know understand these these studies and what they're trying to accomplish, or, you know, the, the questions that they're trying to answer there, and see if that does match up with uh, with the contractor of what they think, you know, what have they seen um, for say performance of of using different um, different pipe types and different soil types and stuff like that. So it's uh you know maybe not the most scientific on the contractor end of um, you know, uh, more qualitative data and not necessarily, you know, numbers and percentages, but just more anecdotal of, yeah, it, no, it seems to work better type thing. Um, and I think you've addressed it on the podcast many times in the past, but, you know, within our whole industry is, is one of the inherent issues with it is uh, you bury the pipe and nobody knows that it's there. So you don't know whether they're, what condition it's in or the performance that it has when it's in the ground. Um, it's covered up and you don't see any water sitting on the ground. So, you know, everything must be working fine. Um, and that's also something that has been interesting here looking at, um, at some of the results from, you know, this specific study, but then looking at some of the fields that we had pattern tiled, we had them at 70, 80 foot centers um, and, and trying to back calculate what the performance is or what, you know, what it means within these equations and stuff like that. So we've trying to understand this better. There is still a lot of questions out there um, for, you know, if what we're seeing on both sides is, um, is reality. And I think it's somewhere in the middle that, you know, everything with a certain, perforation type doesn't necessarily drain anything better um and like you mentioned initially it's a lot of it's based on soil type so you have to start there and start your design with that in mind with how that water gets to the pipe first mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and it you know sand is not not just sand it, there's so many different soils within something that might be classified as as a certain soil um, much finer much more 
you know, clay content, what, whatever that might be. I'm certainly not an expert, but um, you, you just can't uh, paint that with a wide brush. You have to understand what you're dealing with in your particular situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I would like to point out, too, is there was a disclaimer, uh, maybe not a disclaimer, but um, there was there's a, a point that's highlighted within these papers that um, the reason that you're using a, a narrow slot or a sand or a, a narrow slot or sock is when you are dealing with sedimentation issues is, is sandy soils. You know, that's really the only time that you're going to be seeing much of any of these differences. Um where the kind of the one of the thresholds out there is 30% clay content. Anything less than that, um, then that soil likes to move. It's a lot sandier. It's not as cohesive. Um, so that's the stuff that gets into the pipe and settles out and can plug it up. So when we are talking about performance differences with sock, narrow slot, and perforation patterns, you know, that it's kind of cutting that threshold of, you know, you're using sock or narrow slot and sandy stuff, um, you know, specifically sock where the performance isn't probably going to be seen in some of those heavier clayier soils. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, 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 you know, I think it's a good topic for us to, to talk about also because, you know, over the last probably decade, um, narrow slot pipe has just taken over a lot more where, where there was, um, when there wasn't really the alternative of narrow slot, when when manufacturers weren't making very much of it, it was either perforated or sock, um, then there wasn't the choice for the farmer or the contractor to think that through and say, is this, you know, if there was a different different choice than just those two, is sock the right choice? Um, and, you know, that debate just never really happened. It just evolved over the last 10 years of which, there's been more and more narrow slot pipes. So um, not at all um, disappointed or concerned that this debate is happening. It's actually a good thing for it to happen because that's just um, changed very quietly over the last 10 years where um, much, much more narrow slot product going in. And maybe it is the right product. I'm not, I'm not debating that. But it's what I am debating is that it is a newer product that uh, hasn't been scrutinized that much. So it's good to it's good to debate. It's good to think through, and uh, you know, hopefully, this podcast today uh, spurs some more conversation around this. If if that's what it does, then it's been successful, so that we can help um, others understand, and maybe we need to learn some things too, and and things come out of this like more studies and more conversation. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I just about started with uh, when you first asked the question on on when to use what type of pipe. Um, and that's kind of been my answer. I've been getting this question since uh, pretty much since I first started. And I know it existed long before uh, I started with Prinsco here a handful of years ago. But, um, you know, what I've kind of stuck with is if you know you're going to be in a really sandy soil, pure sand, sock is probably the best um uh, best route to go with something like that um not just from a performance standpoint but just from a uh you know a known filter that you have on your um on your pipe um but if you do start dealing with more variety of soil types or you know you're hitting a sand layer or you know it's switching from a sandier stuff into more of a silty clay um 
uh, variety or soil type within your field, you know, that's where a narrow slot, I think, would, you know, you have your insurance of keeping your sediment out, but then also, you know, you're not really restricting your um, your capacity of your laterals or of your performance there uh, when looking at, say, versus perf and stuff like that. So that's kind of what we stuck with. And then based on a lot of this information that has come out and it's really great to learn it. Um, you know, I don't think that really sways me from that recommendation either of, of if you know you're going to be in a real sandy soil, probably best to stick with sock. If you want uh, some protection on with dealing with a variety of stuff in there, um, you know, narrow slot has been, uh, been really useful. And I haven't heard of, of any or many, if any systems, um, you know, that are really getting compromised um, based on using narrow slot. Sure. Sure. I agree. I agree. I haven't, uh, heard a whole lot about that either. And, and like we said earlier, if, uh, you know, contractors, farmers want it done right the first time they're paying a lot of money for it. If, uh, if it isn't done right, um, you know, they're gonna, they're not going to just say, Oh, well, we're going to just leave that alone. No, they're going to talk to the contractor and the contractor is certainly going to talk to the manufacturer at that point. And, um, and I think, uh, both, whether you're using sock or narrow slot, seem to be working well um, in the whole industry, not just Prinsco. Um, and uh, and you know there there could be some opportunities to refine that, and one might be might perform better than the others. And I think that's what we're talking about. That's what we need to continue to talk about is what is the best product for a particular application. So. Um, Good discussion today, Trey. Thanks for joining me. Um, anything that we need to add to this that uh, we left out? Uh, just kind of how some of this stuff, when we're talking about performance of your laterals, and I think it's a pretty small difference um, with the perforation types and stuff that we're seeing. But when you're talking about performance of your laterals and your spacing versus your soil type and all that is in the broader picture, you know, this also performance of your laterals affects performance of your main line. Um, and I actually just re-listened to the conversation that you had with uh, with Hassan from Michigan State on a previous episode. And he brought it up as well of if you are having, say, a really sand or a fairly sandy soil with a high performing uh, drainage system, you have to make sure that your mains are sized properly and um size according to what you have in the ground, not just based on whatever, oh, I like 40 foot spacing. I always use an eight inch main for eighties and whatever. Um, but you know, this, this whole system has to work with each other. It's the perforation types. It's the size and slope of your laterals, that size and slope of your main size of your pump. If you're doing a lift station, you know, all this stuff has to work in sync with each other. Um, in order for everything to function properly or to make sure that you're not wasting money by having one limiting factor. Um, say your main size is too small relative to everything else. So, you know, you're, then you're wasting money on your lateral stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that I think is a place where you start looking at um, the cost of installing a main, you know, if you're going to go and and maybe this is a little drastic, but from eight inch to say 15 inch, not only is that costing, you know, a, a few dollars a foot more in product, but it's costing more in installation. But, you know, if you're if you're pulling that water off in that three eighths or and it's just totally unrealistic to pull a three eighths drainage coefficient with an eight inch main, you know, in that given particular instance, then you're really just spending spending money that you aren't getting any results from. Um, so Yes, it costs more, but uh, 
maybe you shouldn't do the project at all if you're not willing to um, pay what what you're going to get in performance um, from that from the right sized main. So that's what you're saying, and I'm just. I'm just repeating myself here, but but it is true, and and it and it's it's interesting because it happens so often that uh, it seems logical, but I think when when uh, you know there's a finite amount of money to spend on the farm every year, and when you're looking at it and say, well, I could do you know 80 acres instead of 40, or 160 instead of 80, if we kind of size this main a little differently. Don't probably think that's the way to look at it because uh, you have to size it correctly and not um, by how your budget works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, I guess just to keep echoing on that point um, is yeah, design that with not only you know what you have planned and the acres on it now, but if there is more acres within that watershed or you know the neighbor's water has to come your way anyway. Um, you know, the, the low man always has to deal with, with the, you know, water from the, the higher stuff drains first. So, um, you know, it's, it, it behoove you to size your main according to not just what you're doing now, but for what could happen in the future, whether that is splitting laterals or adding on more acres, um, or, you know, different crop rotation or something that you're looking at in the future too. So, um, you mentioned it, that these systems are designed and installed to be in there for, for a while, more than a generation. So, um, kind of the do it right once mentality uh, can pay off. So then the, your grandkids aren't yelling at each other on having to upgrade their main since everything's flooding out too. Yeah. And we've, we've talked here, you've been part of that on the water table about main sizing and, and about you know, large diameter pipe and, and installation and all that. But we probably haven't talked enough about it. Uh, you know, when you really think about how important that is to the entire system, um, you know, I I guess without me actually saying it, I'm inviting you back, Trey, for a, for a future podcast to talk about that stuff more. As um, it's just really important, and it's part of the the forgotten part. It's not the fun part of uh, of doing a system. It's fun to see all those laterals across the field and to know how they're performing, but they're only going to perform as well as you know, what they're, um, draining into or what, what they're outletting into. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe just attack onto that one more time too, um, is the, the material and stuff like there. I know down here around, around ourselves in, um, Southern Minnesota, you know, a lot of old clay and concrete tile that that's still there, that's still functioning, still looks good. Um, and that's the outlet for a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we're continuing to hook onto. Um, might look good now that's not to say once you start throwing another 40 another 80 acres on this stuff that 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 added water going through that old infrastructure um you know that's going to have consequences in the future too so um like like i said it's it's thinking about these systems as they are you know what you're doing now and how they're going to um be used and how they're going to function in the next you know 50 80 years um you know if if you do start hooking on a lot more water onto these already old systems even though they do look good they do or they are functioning well for what's on them um you know that might not be the case here uh once you get a lot more cfs running through it yeah yeah and i'm smiling as you're talking about that because i have some personal real life experience with that and um this last year a random (laughs) random pipe out in the field and i yeah i think it's it's another opportunity for another podcast around um you know people that are that are doing um, 
drainage systems and putting drainage systems in in areas where there isn't um, existing random tile have a huge advantage over those that are in areas where, you know, there was stuff done 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 80 years ago, whatever it might be, and, you know, that's not well marked or you don't know about it. Um, I didn't realize how, until this fall, how you do find that stuff, Um, but you find it in ways that are not very fun and create a lot more work for the farmer, for the contractor, those kind of things. And if more conversation around those topics and how we can do that better as an industry um, would be beneficial to everyone. So we should do that. Agreed. That'd be fun. All right, Trey, thanks for joining me today. Um, let's, uh, let's keep this conversation going. Um, just, it's great for people to, uh, for, for the water table to be a place for people to come to and, and when they have questions and concerns about different things. So happy we could do that today on perforations. So thank you very much. Yep. Thanks again for having me. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. I have so much fun uh, recording these. I hope you have as much fun listening as I do recording. These episodes are available on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. So find them and download them when you can. Thanks for joining us. 